Welcome back into The Voice Reason. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Always a pleasure to have you with us. Super happy to have this guy back online as we get our monthly update from Washington, D.C., from the great state of Ohio. It is Congressman Bob Lato here again with us. Congressman, how are you, my friend? I am great. How are you today? I am doing good. It's always good to talk with you. Lots of stuff going on in Washington, D.C., and it never seems to be good news when we turn on the news today and actually hear about the latest current events as we have gun legislation they're trying to ram through. We have the economy that's still moving in a downward direction. And Joe Biden's getting a little snippy when we start asking him about all the spending they're doing at the federal level right now. It's uh, it's kind of fun to watch him squirm when we ask him actually tough questions. Well, if you can ask him the tough questions, get him to respond to them. That's a tough one. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Let's start off with guns. Obviously, the big news over the last couple of weeks was the shooting down in Uvalde, Texas, with the students at the elementary school and a horrible situation there. But that has brought the gun conversation back into the limelight with wanting to do something out of Washington, D.C. The Senate put together their panel with their 10 Republicans, 10 Democrats, and came up with a quote-unquote bipartisan compromise and solution to curb gun violence and promote some more gun control that includes red flag laws and other very dangerous, very scary things that I think we need to be aware of. From your perspective, being in the House, when do you expect this to come over to the House, and what do you think of this bill? Well, you know, first, uh, you know, we have, it's a horrible tragedy, what you saw down in Texas with all those little kids. And, uh, but unfortunately, you know, what uh, Pelosi did, they wrote out here in the House a, a bunch of bills that were, were not going to go anywhere in the Senate. So pretty much, were pretty much all totally a, a uh, partisan uh, uh, passage on their part. And then, uh, so that now uh, those bills are over in the Senate, but they're not going to go anywhere. As you mentioned about the, uh, over in the Senate, what they're looking at from uh, uh, red flag laws to, um, you know, uh, background checks and uh, in that area. I think that the problems you run into, first of all, is that you have to always remember that we have certain things out there. You have the Second Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, and the Fifth Amendment. And uh, one thing you don't ever want to do is take, a, take away uh, law-abiding citizens uh, their Second Amendment rights. Second thing is is that when you look at uh, some of these uh, what they are being proposed, that you can run into problems with the Fourth Amendment, uh, uh, on search and seizures, and, and the Fifth Amendment on due process. And, you know, we don't want to get in a situation in this country where somebody could come in and say that I want to take your firearms away, and then all of a sudden the court's doing it, and you have no uh, no rights in it. So that's, that's a real concern right off the bat. So I, I'm not sure exactly how they're going to write this over in the Senate, because I have not seen the text yet. But uh, I think that uh, that's, that's going to be a major concern right off the bat. It is going to be a major concern. What's concerning to me is that some Republicans are getting on board with this because they say that they've been able to fight off a lot of the agenda from the Democrats of wanting to ban AR-15s, wanting to ban sales of firearms to individuals under the age of 21. So they say that they've found a good compromise. But like you said, to me, the biggest concern is the red flag laws. And even if they put boundaries on red flag laws, you get a progressive liberal judge in a district court that uh, that comes across a case to where they could potentially confiscate someone's firearms who hates the Second Amendment, and they're going to go ahead and do it. So this is going to be abused regardless if this passes. Well, you also run into a problem. Let's say you have somebody that doesn't like you, yeah. and they, they go to a court, and they say, you know, so-and-so's got uh, firearms, and that person is dangerous. All of a sudden, you're defending yourself against something like that, and so that, that's that's where uh, again this is this issue is uh, you're you're on a slippery slope. 
But that's, you know, I haven't seen what they've come up with in the Senate, but, uh, you know, some of the things I'm hearing right now is that uh, you're going to run into those problems. That is very concerning. Well, hopefully we can stop this one dead in its tracks, and uh, hopefully, I don't know, I mean, it's going to be up to the Senate because if it does get to the House side, unfortunately, with you guys having that Democrat majority right now, it is uh, more than likely going to pass on that front. Let's talk about some other issues, though. The headlines outside of guns has, of course, been the economy. We saw wholesale prices for consumers up near 10% for the month of May. The inflation has officially hit 8.6%. Interest rates continue to climb to, quote-unquote, battle the inflation rates. Congressman, are we ever going to get our economy back on track and not have 5 to $6 gallons of gas? Well, let's start with the, with the inflation. You know, when you look at 8.6% inflation, I want people to go back to, you know, when the day that Joe Biden was sworn in as president, look where inflation was. I think it was about 1.4%. No one was even talking about it. And now, you know, uh, it's, it's a daily issue that Americans are facing out there from everything you buy at the store, from uh, from milk to eggs to bacon, you name it, it's going up in price. Car, price, car prices are up, used car prices are up. Everything's up in price. And, you know, this all goes right back to one thing, massive government spending. The American people understand it, and they keep saying that uh, when they're being asked about this, it's all all about the spending. But the Democrats can't see it that way because they know one thing. If they can't keep sending out money to buy buy friends and votes, they're they're in trouble. So when you look at even Larry Summers, who was Bill Clinton's economic advisor, you know, had said long ago that if you spend $1.9 trillion, you don't pay for it like the Democrats did last year, you were going to be in trouble. And exactly that's exactly what happened. And then you look at the you know, Democrats saying, oh, we had to save all these state governments and local governments, et cetera. You look around the country, all these governments are doing fine. They didn't need the money. And so uh, we, we, so when all of a sudden the, the, their constituents are saying now, hey, we've got a problem out there, all this money, quote-unquote, flowed out of Washington that never existed, is that now we've got to somehow figure out how we're going to ever pay it back. So when you look at the, on the uh, on the energy side, you know I was shocked. Uh, you know, <laughs> not that I want to put, have people think how old I am, but I remember as a kid going to the gas station to get uh, a, a gallon of gas with my bicycle and pedaling home. It was thirty-seven cents. Yeah. The other night when I was mowing our yard, I took two one-gallon uh, containers up to the gas station and paid ten dollars. Wow. So. You know, the American people have got a real sticker shock. And we now that the gasoline is, you know, uh, over $5 a gallon, it's being predicted right now by the end of July we could be at $6 for a national average. That, and what's this president say? Well, we, we just there's nothing we can do. You know, we're in a transitory stage, according to him, and this is all for the better. But as Americans, you know, are pay, you know when you're paying that much more for fuel, then you have to figure that, wait a minute, in the state of Ohio, 82.5% of everything that comes in the state is trucked. So when you take that and you add up that now, uh, I, when I crossed the line to go to the airport the other day into Michigan, I saw that gas or uh, diesel price was at $5.99. So you figure that everything that's being hauled in a truck is going up. And you have to also remember our farmers are out in the field right now. Yeah. They're using diesel. And those costs are going to go up. So your cost of production, your cost of transportation, your cost for running a business, everything's gone up. And But the Democrats' only solution is, is that, well, we just think it's transitory and things will get better. But you've, we've just got to stop this out-of-control government spending. You know, and again, last, you know, when you pass an infrastructure bill, 
that the quote unquote is an you know I have to put quotes around that. But when you say that you pass an infrastructure bill and you don't pay for it, and you add all the stuff up, and here's what we're we're going to be into. And years ago, when I was on the budget committee, I'm on the energy and commerce committee today. But when you, I look at back uh, when I was on budget, one of the numbers I wanted to know was how much interest payment are we going to pay in 10 years? And I had been predicting it to be over a trillion dollars by 2032. Unfortunately, when the uh, Congressional Budget Office recently redid it, it that number is now a trillion dollars in 2030, over a trillion dollars in 2031, over a trillion dollars in 2032. So that's going to be the high, the third highest payment we have to make. And so when people say that your kids are going to pay for this, no, you're not. You're going to pay for it. Are we past the point, in your opinion, are we past the point of actually getting a budget on track, of actually cutting spending, of actually getting an appropriations bill with the 12 appropriations bill for a full-on budget as opposed to just a uh, just an omnibus package to just spend whatever we want to? Are we still able to rein in our government spending and get it under control, or are we past the point of no return and we just have to try to make the best out of a bad situation? You know, I, I don't want to say that uh, we got to make the best out of a bad situation because that's not how Americans act. We've got to do what's best for this country, and that's cutting this, this spending. And, again, you don't spend what you don't have, and that's what we're doing. So the number one thing, we, again, we have to – you're right. We, number one, we have to have a budget. If you don't have a budget, how do you do your appropriation bills? And, if you, and so it's important that uh, all of the committees in the House of Representatives do, that are authorizing committees, meaning that they come up with the, the numbers as to what should, being, should be spent that goes on to the appropriators, that uh, you know we don't have this thing going into continuing resolutions or an omnibus because again you can't get in and cut these programs that don't uh, need to be around anymore. So we we really need to make sure that number one we are acting responsibly, but we're not right now. Uh, Congress is just is just wild is just wildly spends, and again you can spend about two trillion dollars like the Democrats did last year without one Republican vote in the House or the Senate and spend that kind of money and not run into a crisis. Yeah, well, and then when we mention it to the president, then he just gets mad and says, we're saving people. Don't talk to me about spending and how we're overspending. We're saving people. We're con- uh, talking with Congressman Bob Ladder right now from the great 5th District of the state of Ohio. You mentioned that you're on the Energy and Commerce Committee right now yeah. talking about gas, talking about energy. Are we, Is there anything we can do right now to lower gas prices? I know the Biden administration lowered or extended the E15 for the summertime, so that way we could use some of that, but... Obviously, that hasn't done anything. We tried to use up our reserves of oil uh, with releasing a million barrels a day throughout uh, the last month or so. That obviously hasn't done anything as well as it continues to climb up and up and up. We continue to buy from Saudi Arabia, which OPEC finally said that they're going to release more oil to us, but I don't know how much that's going to have an impact. We're literally doing everything but the one thing that we could do, which is just say, hey, drill, baby, drill, and let's actually replenish our surplus here, isn't it? Well, and again, you've got a president that, first of all, you know, he's, he, de- he said he didn't like the Saudis and everything like that. Now he's going to go over and see the Saudis. Why? Because he needs oil. Uh, he doesn't, you know, we've got Venezuela. They're not a friendly country uh, to us. What's he doing? He said, well, we got to take uh, and help uh, maybe get uh, oil from uh, Venezuela. Before Russia attacked uh, Ukraine, what's he doing? He's saying the, Ukraine, the Russians need to increase the, their oil production. He wants to do everything but do what we need, he should do, and you're absolutely right. We need to be doing it right here. He killed the Keystone XL on day one. He took office. 830,000 barrels of oil from Canada would have come into this country. 
you think about that uh, one million barrels of oil that's being released from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, that's there for an emergency. Stupidity is not an emergency. And that's what's happening right now. And he wants to release 180 million barrels. If he does that, we're going to have to replenish that at massive amounts of more dollars than we put in that reserve to begin with. So, uh, you know, we could be doing a lot of things in this country, but again, uh, because of the, they, they pretty much uh, worship at that Green New Deal order, that uh, they just can't admit that they're wrong. Yep. And uh, especially when you're seeing on the economy side, when you got your Secretary of Treasury saying, well, sorry about that, uh, made a mistake. And so, you know, the American people are going to see higher gas prices. They're going to see higher interest rates because the 10-year note is over 3.3% now. A mortgage, you know, 15 is now over 5.5%. Uh, Things are just going to keep going up, and all of a sudden this economy is going to slow down. Then we're going to go from high inflation and then also have a recession coming right behind it. Speaking of uh, the Green New Deal as well as they continue to push this green energy, where I've heard at least that we're expected to see maybe brownouts and blackouts from Texas to California with some of the extreme heat with people putting pressure on the electric grid. We're still pushing for these green cars, these electric cars to where we just plug those in overnight. And if we get even 5, 10, 15 percent of the population to go towards these electric vehicles because they can't afford the six dollar gallons of gas, which is the entire agenda of the Democrat Party right now. How in the world can we sustain this? We're not allowed to build additional coal plants. We're not allowed to open up coal plants right now. They want to make everything off of the solar and the windmills, which are not efficient enough to sustain what we have already, let alone adding so much more to the power grid. Uh, it seems like that we're going to be going back to the 1800s where I'm going to be lighting my house with candles pretty soon. Well, we can't probably do that because that'll be emitting a carbon. So you can't, <laughs> <laughs> can't do that. But, but you know, the, uh, there's several points. Number one, when you think about it, uh, electric vehicles, I, again, serving on the Energy and Commerce Committee, that falls under us. Here's what I say. I don't care what you drive, but the federal government shouldn't tell you what you're going to drive. And so if you want to drive uh, a uh, combustion engine like I drive, fine. If you want to get a, an electric, fine. But when you start looking on the EV side, the other, you know, I was just reading in the, uh, one of the papers this morning about a mine out in Nevada where you, they're going to try to get lithium from. Well, they're gonna, they've got a big fight on their hands. So first of all, A, you have to have the rare earth minerals to make these batteries. You don't want to get it from uh, communist China, which is about 85% of the world's uh, rare earth minerals today. And then you look at how you, we, we don't have an adequate power source, we don't have the transmission lines, and you don't have the uh, fueling or the charging stations, of which Biden wants the federal government to pay for. You know, whatever happens, uh, you know, uh, free enterprise out there. But they're, what they're, the Democrats are saying is you're going to have to have charging stations about every 50 miles. And it's just like and they're saying out west, that's impossible right wow. now yeah. to have that. So, uh, you know, we're, we've got uh, an administration of Democrats singing out of a, uh, a songbook that uh, does, that it's not true. It's just what they're making up. And uh, we're, but we are in a, uh, a desperate situation here. But but the problem is, it's all avoidable. We can take care of it ourselves and become North American energy independent. With the strain we have on the grid, is there a concern of potentially taxing energy usage to try and limit the amount of people that are actually on the grid or at least the amount of usage that they have on the grid? They're using that same tactic, obviously, with the interest rates, trying to bump those up to try and counter inflation, which makes no sense to me. But uh, that's why we're seeing the economy begin to slow down and many investors pulling out of the stock market right now. But are they using that same tactic? We've heard that they've proposed 
potentially trying to tax energy usage to, again, limit the amount of people that are on it so that way they can manage the demand with the amount of supply that we have as we continue to demonize, really, the entire electric and natural gas industry. Well, it's, I guarantee you one thing. It's not being discussed by anybody on our side of the aisle, Republicans, because, again, we got to make sure we get the energy out there. And, and something that we, we brought up in 2008 as Republicans said, look, we need an all-of-the-above energy policy. That's uh, nuclear, advanced nuclear. It's getting, you know, making sure that we take care of ourselves. It's making sure that we have natural gas, clean coal technology, hydro. Then you can get into all of your alternatives. But the one thing people always have to remember is we have to have base load capacity out there to run these uh, huge plants that we have in our country that employ Americans. Without it, uh, people are out of work. So we've got to have affordable energy in this country. All of a sudden, you put so much uh, tax on it that you put p- these uh, companies saying that we can't do business in the United States. Then you then we're we're in a situation that we're losing jobs. And right now, uh, before this administration came in, we had uh, companies from around the world looking at the United States saying, you know what? We'll build our plants in the United States because the energy costs are lower. Yeah, the personnel costs might be higher, but they save all the transportation costs and build it right here in the good old USA. We're talking with Congressman Bob Latta from the 5th District of Ohio. Last couple of minutes here with you, and I always appreciate your time very much. Outside of the gun debate, outside of the energy debate right now, the high gas prices, the inflation, right now we're going into election season as well, which really explains some of the other hearings we're hearing about with like the January 6th committee, which I don't like to spend a whole lot of time on. But what else have you heard that's going on in Washington, D.C. that we should be aware of? You know, the uh, the Democrats are just trying. I, I, pretty much, I say they're floundering because they're 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 looking at an election coming up here, and uh, with inflation, with uh, with uh, energy prices. I saw a poll uh, over a month ago that even for Democrats, 51% of Democrats, their two top issues were what: energy prices and inflation. And so they they don't know what to do. But the, you know, the answer is so simple: just uh, you know go out there, produce uh, our own energy, and quit spending. But they can't do either. It seems like it's their long-term agenda with what Barack Obama used to say is we need to fundamentally transform the United States. And uh, they're doing it right in front of our eyes right now. Congressman, uh, first off, how's the campaign going for you? I know that you're probably getting on the campaign trail here pretty soon as well, aren't you? Well, you know, since I'm in my uh, Washington office, I can't get into politics. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I'm excited to see what you guys are going to be doing on the campaign trail here soon once you get back to the home district and outside of that cesspool that is Washington, D.C. Congressman Bob Ladder from the 5th District of Ohio. We always appreciate the time, my friend. Keep up the fight. We look forward to chatting with you again here soon. Well, thanks very much, and uh, greatly appreciate it.